0: Hello, welcome into episode one. no! Episode 200 of Caitlin's Craft Collective. I'll have to get used to that. I'm Louise today. I've got stuff. I've not written this bit down. Pod dog and a noisy fan on a keyboard. It'll become apparent when we get there. So get your celebratory cup of anything and listen up! This episode is dedicated to my lovely, lovely friend Lorna. This episode is kindly sponsored from my lovely, lovely friend, Angela. Scotch Tweed is a small family textiles firm based in the Scottish borders. Run by Angela with a huge amount of technical and know-how support from her dad, Gerald. They have a wealth of experience in the weaving and textiles trade, over 58 years to be exact. Their aim is to bring top-quality tartan and tweed fabric, along with other Scottish goods and apparel, including their gorgeous Highland wear, to their customers at the best possible value. Angela is happy to speak to anyone at any time in regards to the requirements. If you cannot see what you're looking for on her website, give her a call. The number is on the website, www.scotchtweed and is a UK free phone number. To help support the podcast, Angela has provided a discount code for listeners. Just quote CCC podcast. Check out receive 10% discount anytime. All links. We'll be with the show notes, so get your cup of tea or your dram, your celebratory dram. I'll <laughs> let you know what crack is in this, this month. The Blather. Well, I've actually gone back to episode 98 for this, listeners. Listeners, please indulge me by listening. Listeners, listeners, listeners. And this is, I wish you a shawl blather again. I honestly have struggled to write anything better than this since. Now for the blather. The blather. I have a quote from a lovely listener, Min, from Wiltshire. Hello, Min. Whom I had a lovely correspondence with last week. The reason I'm laughing is because I've got lovely three times in the same sentence. She said something quite lovely. Oh, no. Which tied in with this blather, and well will hear it is. And I asked her if I could share it. She said... It's funny how many times I go along my daily business and something happens that reminds you of a podcaster. I suppose by getting weekly updates of their lives in knitting, which you don't always get from friends and family, they become very much a part of your life, even though you've never met them. It's like a lace shawl that's been draped over the earth to block, and the podcasters are like the pins that keep it in its place, dotted all over the globe. I thought, oh yes, that makes absolute perfect sense to me. As you heard last episode, or some of you have, I mentioned that I cast on the Tornvid shawl by Karina Westerman. And as I was knitting it, I was very enjoying myself and I was pondering over the different designs and shapes of shawls and wraps that they can be. But then it got me to thinking that a shawl, no, bear with me here a little bit late life. With the garter tabs start shawls, you cast on three stitches and then you add them in a triangular fashion. And you mostly use a provisional cast on to start with. Well, you do if you're particular. Sometimes I use a slip note and sometimes I don't. Anyway, I like to think the first three stitches remind me that that's your parents when you're in the middle. These are the first people in your life and they have to be there so that you can get made. Then we add more stitches and these can be your immediate family, your siblings, the people that love you most. They are the ones that tend to be the ones that come around babies. Everyone pretty much loves a baby. Their new life, mostly always cute. And if you're lucky, you can hand them back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've not forgotten the provisional cast on here. The open stitches represent your family before you. There had to be family before you so you could be here. But these are stitches that you cannot have lived in their time zone. So as they're important and brought you here, you could not physically be part of their shawl. The yarn itself might be a symbol of your status in the world, whether it be from the purest of silks or cashmere or caveat to the plainest cottons or wool or acrylic. This is what you started out with. As the shawl grows, so does your life. The first part of the shawl would be your childhood. The extra stitches, the people that you meet. And where there's a knit two together, this could be your past crossing with special people. You're remaining the middle stitch down the spine of the shawl. And your parents hopefully continue to stand either side of you. The yarn overs can be the mistakes that you make along the way. Or, if you're unlucky, a dropped stitch would represent an illness or a death. And I'm thinking stocking stitch for the first part of the shawl, a la Tornvid or ishbill. And then you get to the lace part. This could be where you grow up a bit, and your experiences start starting getting richer and more varied. You meet more people. You knit more two-togethers. You might even meet the special one person that you think you're going to spend the rest of your shawl with. They could be the slip stitch pass one over, but near the spine where you are. As you get married and have children... Your special stitches remain close to into the spine where you are. Whilst they are starting their own shawls and journeys, then yours intertwines with the patterns. Your situation might improve monetarily. Your yarn might improve or you might get poorer. There might be mistakes in there and there might be a long period of lovely lace work. Some on both sides and being knitted lace as opposed to lace knits. I can never quite remember which was the one that doesn't have the plain row after the pattern work. Now as you enter middle age, your shawl really looks like a shawl. It has its patterns showing up and you're fair marching along quite confident in your ability to knit this and live life. The patterns may collapse suddenly as you get bereaved or you change careers or your bairns go up and move on. But when we find out there's still a fair bit to go so the shawl marches on. Each stitch being a new day or experience in your life. Some days the stitches are back to front, some days they're perfect. And then the grandparents and if you're lucky the great grandparents come along. People are the milestones in your life. People tend to be the milestones in your life. Some events, weddings, funerals. And now you see the shawl has more made than to be made. And you start to slow down. The yarn might fool you into thinking it won't be enough. And some of you will speed up kidding yourself that there will be enough. Experience tells us there is never enough time. And more often than not, never enough yarn to finish. Now each stitch as you go on is precious. Each new life even more so. And they have the promise of their time to come. Yet they enrich your own shawl. Then we come to the twilight of the years and the binding off of the shawl. You might use up oodles and oodles of yard here doing a stretchy bind off, which is good. Or you might all of a sudden realise, oh, I'm finished. Some people live on and on and others are done before they realise or want to. And some people slip away quietly one January night peacefully sleeping. That's the last stitch put in. The funeral would be the blocking part where they lay the shawl out and you can see it in its all glory and misery to be scrutinised and admired. The wearing of it gets passed on to the next generation and they'll feel the warmth of the life gone before as the next shawl is being made. So I wish you all to be great, big, highly patterned, intricate shawls. If you need a pee stop, go because it's time for the Dizzy and Sandy Giggle. <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. Hello, section. Ah, Sandy, hello to new to me, with, been with me a while now, and been with me forever, listeners. I very, very much appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you're enjoying yourselves. Ah, Sandy, hello to new group members, Rose seven one three from Texas, and J. Knit Bale from Missouri. Random hellos are to Sarah Toga Knitting, the Fallen Sheep. Stride 8, J.M. G- M- Allen, uh, F.R.K. Strick, and Silver Spring Knit, who are the six people who share their projects in the group. Hello. They're lovely, by the way. Keep on doing that. I like it. What's a crack, section What's a crack? Hey, listeners, I've been away for January. Well, I actually haven't been anywhere. But I've been away from you for longer than normal. I've dedicated this to my lovely lovely friend, Lorna Bruce, who sadly passed away from cancer just after Christmas. She was a chairperson of Keithness Quilters last year and oh, such a talented pair of hands. She just lit up the room. In fact, back in my episode, when I interviewed the textile artist Evelyn Ramsey, you will hear her in the background. She had a big, strong voice, but oh, my, what a beautiful singing voice. There is so many, many wonderful things about Lorna. She makes me smile, thinking of her presence. Lorna fought this, she had it at least three times and honestly she had the most positive attitude for a cancer patient I've ever heard. She was indeed taken far too soon and will be a huge loss to everyone who knew her. Her funeral was just after New Year and it was a celebration of her life. Her coffin was covered with one of her many, many quilts which they were also displayed in the church. I remember her doing the one that was on her coffin And I take her with me when I quilt myself. She was one who would go and wrestle with the photocopier, so maybe I'll be the one that does that now. She taught us so much and it's the least that we can do. So really, I've been away grieving. I will admit it took some time for me to get into January and also waiting on the light coming back into the dark days of winter it's just started on. I fully expect you listeners to do the same when you need to. There's no apologies necessary. I wish I had a beautiful quote for you, but I can only think of when Lorna's best friend Helen would say, Where's Lorna? And she would reappear from the photocopy room with her arms laid in saying, Here, here I am. What did I miss? To me, she's just through the room. And now my best friend's mum is fighting cancer a second time, and I really just struggle with the words this month. I wanted to this two hundred episode to be happy and celebrationary episode and Then I heard the news that that Paula of Knitting Pipeline has been diagnosed with ovarian cancers. Listeners, lovely, lovely. Paula has now to go through it. Paula, we send our love from over the wide ocean. By the time it's come over there, it's going to be strong and enough to envelop you in a big daisy hug and a sandy hello. My friend, we are thinking of you. So I was thinking of starting a Piper's Journey shawl. And also, Paula has some wonderful patterns on Ravelry. If, If you fancied showing some support to her, She's also on the Kirin Bridge website where she can get lots of lovely supportive messages or you can buy her patterns, most of which you'll probably have them already, but you could always gift them to others. So the, the celebrationary thing, <laughs> I struck them. but you know, life is like that and that's just the way this podcast is. Listeners, the knitting world has been weighed and it has been fun, found wanting, to paraphrase Paul Bettany from A Night's Tale. And this is in respect to racism and diversity, it currently shows. And you know what? I agree. Now, up here in the north of Scotland, we currently don't have much diversity of race and color. And the knitting community has been weighed and found wanting. There's been testimonies of horrendous racism and lack of inclusion. Listeners, spirits, just why? Why is this still happening? It's wrong. Learn about the history of the world, follow, listen to history podcasts, learn why it's there, how wrong it is. Racism is a learnt behaviour, not a born behaviour. Enlighten children to follow the correct path of being open to everyone, no matter what they are, be it a different colour, gender or sexual persuasion. There's been a long thought delusion that knitters are kind and therefore all good. Well, (laughs) sadly that's not the truth. We all share knitting or craft but we still take ourselves to the table and some of us, or found wanting. Just because we knit does not make us good person, and it's quite a hard lesson to learn sometimes. If you scrape away the commonality and look underneath, sometimes it's not nice. I'm very much the person who thinks everyone is like me inside. I often think you're the same age as me, even though your wrinkles or lack of them tell me otherwise. It can be a terrible sadness to realise that no, not everyone is good inside, and it's a naivety, but, I am also a realist and know that. But just think what people can enlighten you about. If you see someone from a different country, colour, culture, has followed you on social media, go see what they're posting. I absolutely love seeing your lives all around the world. I know I live in a very BIPOC, which is black and indigenous people, person of colour, capsule up here in the north of Scotland. And I like to think that I'm telling you about my wee spot where the nights have been quite dark and long for quite a while now and you learn and you open your lovely mind and i mirror that by seeing about your life your smile your knitting your family from a different part of world history culture to mine and if i follow you is because i've looked at your feed and thought oh you're interesting you're teaching me stuff and oh that's gorgeous or look at your wee baby i like your sense of humor if a BIPOC person was to open up a knitting magazine or pattern and they don't see themselves, then why would they want to be involved? Inclusion is so much better. If you want a knit, knit. If you want a craft, craft. Sit here. We're friends in this podcast. I mean, we might not all agree with the same politics or even music or books or taste in whiskey. <laughs> Some of you don't even like whiskey. But you sit there and you be you. It's not fair, and I'm sad it's still not fair. I'm also not doing the opposite with positive discrimination and only listing off BIPOC followers and podcasts as to pick them out in this part. I found that would be patronising because they have way more worth and value than that. And I have over the years mentioned and posted about many BIPOC whom I will continue to do so when it is appropriate But not just now, because then I'm only pointing at them because of their different colour and race. I also want this to be something that does not just explode, and then go back to the way it was. I want it to be better by inclusion, and by inclusion it will be. We need to move forward by calling out racism and prejudice in all areas and make it better for everyone. I was really struggling to get out these words. And also, I was quite conscious that it was said, if you're silent, you're complicit. Now, I would agree with that. If you see something as racist or prejudiced in any way, shape or form, and you don't say, wait a minute, that's wrong. But out there at this time, there are people who are dealing with death, serious illness and problems in their own lives. So maybe as a knitting community we could maybe just have a little bit of understanding I think is the word I'm looking for just for that just because somebody is currently being silent does not mean that they don't care so don't jump on them as has been the case recently if they are found to be then absolutely call them out I totally agree with that but having had the month I've had And by all means, shape and form, it is not as bad as other people's. But having just struggled with January, I might have been a bit more silent than people might think I should have been. I was always going to say something on the podcast. The past month has been grueling. And the past week I've had a stinking bad cold. So I was really struggling to get these words out. And then I heard on the radio from a strange source. I would never have thought of this. Robert Barnes, The Bard of Scotland. Listeners of old will remember I'm not the biggest fan of the old Robbie, but then he heard this poem was about he is an egalitarian, which is a big word for me, and he wrote A Man's A Man For All That. And then I thought, oh, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I'm going to read it to you because... Culture. Is there for honest poverty that hangs his head and all that? The coward slave we pass him by. We dare be poor for all that, for all that and all that. Our toils obscure in that. The rank is but the guinea stamp. The man's the good, for all that. The man's the good for all that. What though on Hamley fair we dine, we're hodden grey and all that. gie fools their silks and knaves their wine. A man's a man for all that. For all that and all that, their tinsel shows and all that. The honest person, though e'er so poor, is king o' main, for all that. Ye see, yon burky, cad a lord, who struts and stares and all that. Though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a coof, for all that. For all that and all that, his ribbon star and all that. The woman, o' no independent mind, she looks and laughs at all that. A prince can make, a belted knight, a mark duke and all that. But an honest person's a born his might good faith he manna fa' that, for all that and all that their dignities and all that, the pith of saints and pride o' worth are higher rank than all that. Then let us pray that come what may, as come it will for all that, that saints o' worth o'er all the earth shall bear the gree and all that, for all that and all that is coming yet for all that, that man to man the world over shall brothers be, for all that oh, that's actually no bad for me for reading Burns. Right, I had never really understood this before and I've heard it spoken so many times but until that, actually it was Keris Matthews that said this and I thought, oh. Now, I have actually changed it slightly. I've added woman in person because, well, he was quite sexist, was her, Roy, But as it was Burns Day when I wrote it and fair figure, sonsy face and all that, Let's celebrate our differences, as we have more that unites us than divides us, for all that. And, the way I look at it, you can be a tube, or not a tube. Don't be a tube. Now, 200 episodes. episodes—it's quite a few. I've cried. Oh my, when my little doggy Qualtro died, I had to record that episode at least four times. Recently, there's been sorrow with Celia and Lorna passing, but there's also been great joy and happiness. Again, I look round in my kitchen, this is just the kitchen, and I see so many things that I have now because of the podcast. There's joy. There's joy? Well, there is because it's Slow Gin from Diane that I've not yet drunk because it's special. It's in a lovely little bottle and it kind of reminds me of the wee drinky bottle that. Alice in Wonderland has, so maybe I shouldn't drink it. <laughs> oh, um. before we go any further, I have an Alexa. Alexa, say hello. Hi
1: there.
0: Isn't that nice? We got it with our BT. Now, listeners of old, a long time ago we had BT and the broadband was pathetic because we live out in the sticks. and. So then we got satellite broadband, which was much, much better and absolutely lovely, but we were restricted. So we only had so much a month and it was quite expensive. And then we actually got post office broadband as well, which was reasonably cheap, but quite slow. And then it came out that my neighbors on both sides of us have super fast broadband. I don't know if it's super fast fiber optic, all singing, all dancing, but it's pretty fast. So we phoned the post office and said, we would like this please. They said, we can't do that because it's only BT that are offering that from the nearest box, which is half a mile away. In fact, no, it's a kilometre away because I can run that. I know that. Anyway, so we hummed and hawed and they went, oh no, I don't want to go back with BT. Because I like the post office. They're so nice. If anybody needs phones or broadband, I would recommend the post office. Their customer service is really good. And so we went back to BT and we got rid of the expensive satellite and the not quite so expensive broadband. Now we have super fast broadband, but it came with an Alexa who can understand my accent, which is quite funny. And we were like, but what is it for? Because it's supposed to be for stuff that's smart obviously i'm smart the dog not so much but there's a lot of stuff in our house that is not smart (laughs) we don't have a smart heater or sky sports or stuff so we use it i listen to the radio quite a lot and i'm trying to work out how to get my podcast on to tune in radio so well i looked it up but next episode i'll tell you so I just thought I would introduce our newest addition to the household. And when she stops understanding me, she's going in a drawer. Mhm. She's. It is quite a scary thought having a thing that records you the entire time. But then I do that all the time. And I don't exactly talk much interest of anyway. So, uh, right, where was I? Now, the slow gin, beside Alexa, I have not drunk yet because it's special. And I'm actually scared I'm going to turn into... Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I'm late. I'm late. And then there's a pot holder from Julia and one from Jan. And then there was my trip to see Jan and Ellen and all the retreat buddies. And then there was a retreat back to see Paula and all my buddies there. And I've got beside my computer right now a project bag from Viv, one from Treen and one from Helen. We've been like E Y F last year, and I went. Thinking that she'd bought it at the festival. And I'm looking at all the f- the way it was sewn together. Thinking, I wonder what, if, what like their stitching is. Because look, they've got a zip in this. And then she blew me away and went, oh, I made that? And I stopped looking at the stitching. <laughs> Although, have then looked at the stitching. And the stitching is very good. But it was a bit rude to do it in front of the person who made it, I thought. So I stopped. And it's lovely. And it's still quite clean, actually. And it always has my sock knitting in it. And then just to my right, there is a cowl from Perplexed, who is such a lovely person on Twitter to talk to. And it is the most gorgeous colour of teal. And it's a cowl she sent, and it was her first beaded project. And I love it. Just love it. And then over by, there's some... Well, there's just so much stuff. (sighs) Then, this is a celebration, there's my own retreat with my Angela, now, who has become the sponsor of the podcast and her wonderful family. I've been doing this for nine years. You've heard so much of my life. My children are getting older and wiser than their mom. Richard's changed jobs and has now gone back, working as Energy Hunt Limited. And next week is starting on the Hornsea offshore wind farm from Grimsby. So I'm employed again. And I have listeners from the very start. Thank you, Sarah <laughs> and Naomi and Caroline and Ivy Fox and some that have just peeked in through the door. So that's you, G. Knit and Bell, from Springfield, Missouri. I have a lot listeners on the way, sadly, some of them through illness. And I think of Jamie and Knit Pearl Girl, Carrie, often. Others I've lost, obviously. It was them, not me. I like to think we have fun, especially on the bus and the train and in the car whilst we commute and you with your hand in the toilet. Sometimes we contemplate. Now, I would like to point myself. I never started this to get anything other than sharing my crafty tales with you. But listeners, you shower me with kindness. Messages, presents, your company, and I treasure them all. I keep all your correspondence and it's a A box of hugs and happiness I've learned so much about me you the world the crafts I enjoy I've learned to crochet to quilt to line a graph to needle felt and how to edit some may say that I need to improve on that but hey you tread oh and you stuck with me when I started running and became a running bore and I went on to do a marathon last year I've got a new listener on Instagram. I'm oh, sorry, I don't know what your name is right now, but you'll hear this in future. And she's on episode 51, where I apparently said I was on the treadmill. <laughs> don't let me do a marathon. It's a few years ago now. <laughs> anyway, well, I've uh, drunkenly signed up to do the marathon again. Same one. I woke up in the morning and went, oh, what did I do that for? But I know I can do the distance, so this year is to improve on the quality of it and possibly get a faster time, but that's not the priority. And I'll not worry about the distance so much this time. I've also started doing a circuits class with my friend Amy. Now, I detest exercise classes and core work and have avoided them up until this point. But this is this year's goal and Amy is the only person that can persuade me to do both at the same time. I can do a full press-up now. I say one. The rest I do on my knees. (laughs) Listeners, listeners, listeners. I know you're thinking I'm showing off, but did you know that you can start by doing press-ups against a wall? So it's like a push-off. No, I didn't know that either. And it's an option for any of us. So then we would go down to do a box press-up, which actually looks quite hard. And then we do knee ones, but you've got to keep your bum down (laughs) and your back straight. And then you do full ones. and I say one, I just mean one. And then, well, the rest's mystical. It doesn't exist because I can't do them. But to break it down like that, I thought it was a sign of a good teacher. Don't be scared to start something that scares you. I've been to lots of workshops and yarn festivals. And I have had many wonderful days out with you all. We discovered whiskey. Who knew that we would actually like it? Most of us. I've been interviewed by quite a few people now and I've won some awards along the way. Oh, I'm actually thinking of the song Caledonia by Doogie MacLean. Well, let me tell you that I love you and that I think about you all the time. Keith and Craft Collective Listeners has been everything I've ever had. Well, kind of. I'm not that shallow. But you do play a big part in my, my family's life. You open up new adventures. And we share each other's adventures, both good and bad. Thank you so much for being part of my adventures and stories. Here's to the next 200 episodes. <laughs> wow, well, I don't even know how think how will well they be then. Planet Womble and what would Sir David Attenborough do? I'm going to have Planet Womble or what Sir David Attenborough do because something happened recently. This section is to talk about things that we can do to be stewards of the environment in ways, such as reuse, recycle, and being mindful. This was brought up by my lovely, lovely friend, Mel, who lives in Alaska. She's Mel Ski on Ravelry, where you can go and buy lots of her wonderful patterns too. Mel's lovely husband, Dennis, has been furloughed. Furloughed? Furloughed. I'm not actually sure how to say that, except in my own head. Alexa, how do you say furlough? (laughs) You should listen to her saying the Wombles, but it gets brilliant. Well, anyway, he, along with the rest of the federal employees in January, was furloughed. I'm still saying it wrong. So they've had a bit of a sticky month and Mel's a wonderful person, sees the good in everything. Mel sent me a wee advent after advent package of Wonderman. This was before she knew about the furlough. And it contained some non-plastic tea bags from a company called Sipsby. S-I-P-S-B-Y. I'll link this company from www.sipsby.com. I got some disposable tea bags where you fill them up yourself and there's a muslin bag that you fill yourself up and reuse. Although, <laughs> we're going to be reusing the disposable ones as well. And then we can put them in the compost without fear of plastic. I can't give up tea listeners. Because it is surely the king of all drinks. And well, truth be told, I'm selfish that way. If you didn't know, most tea bags contain a small amount of plastics because that's how they seal them. I was quite shocked. And the lovely male noticed and went and researched this and found the disposable bags that don't have the plastic and she sent me oh so many wonderful things to mention I will mention as time goes on so if anyone has good items for this then please do message me and I will share them. Retreat! I have still got one opening for the retreat sadly one of the group has had to cancel And um, I would like to both fill the place and then get their money back because the terms are once it's paid, there's no refund unless I can fill the spot. So we're now in February and the retreat is the end of May. So you've still got time, but please get in touch with me. Even say you're interested, you just haven't quite organised yourself yet. I can send you a form. The cost is £335 and it is the 30th of May to the which is a Thursday to the 2nd of June, which is a Sunday, at natural retreats, cabins in Jonah Groats. It's three nights accommodation, a quality goodie bag, a workshop and raffles, and more fun than I can get Alexa to tell you about. No, she didn't hear me. (laughs) The parents are currently playing Marco Polo with her. See how far away they can get. You get your own room in a cabin of three roomed Fully self-catered chalet and transport is not included. There will be a form to fill in and um, there will only be a refund if I can fill your place. Now, I hope you can make it and whilst I've ordered in the sunshine puffin seals and unicorns, I cannot guarantee them. Well, actually, I can guarantee the unicorn because I got a unicorn onesie in the sales after Christmas, so all I need now is the sunshine the review section review section i have some of the new john arborn textiles exmoor sock yarn this is a high twist machine washable superwash and is made from sixty percent exmoor blueface, twenty percent cordial ten percent swarvels and ten percent nylon you can buy this now for seven pounds a 50 gram skein from their website www.jrbone.com don't worry the there will be lengths, the show notes. There is 200 meters to 50 grams, so you can get a small pair of socks from 150 grams. but why not get a contrast color and make a big pair of socks? I was struck firstly at the shiny. I know, when I got this out of the envelope, and I was like, oh, it's quite shiny. It was really nicely wrapped up, so thank you, Daisy and Sonia. I, when I saw Daisy, I was like, oh, I instantly love this, because, like, hey, Daisy. Now, I got sent the quick beam colourway which is Rowan tree berry colour and it's a kind of orangey-red and it's a deep, deep, deeper than an abyss colour. I think this comes with zvorbals which makes it a deep rich colour. They have some wonderful names for the colours. I've a feeling that Sonia might be in charge of this. Mizzle, Wortleberries, Dimity, Hamel, Aggie, Od, Medod, Caldering Clouds, Macro Sky, Heather, Bluth, Bibblebog, and Quickbeam. Are they not just brilliant? Thirteen delicious deep shades, and all of those are named from the Exmoor dialect. Now, I've not heard of many of them at all before, so I hope I've not murdered the way I've said them, but it's really cool names. For disclosure, I'm going to admit that I left this package sitting beside my chair when I went out, for some reason, the pod dog, he who was left at home in his hairy and orange, decided to chew it, for some reason. I don't know why. Not the actual yarn, as I had that on me, thankfully, but he chewed the shake card. I, I, I don't know why. He was in the dog house for a day. He regressed to his puppy ways and being left whilst we were out. So I've been much more careful since. I wound my 25-gram sample into a lovely wee ball, and it's nice and squishy. The way it's been spun with the nylon, it has shininess. And I'm not sure if this is luster, but it's really nice to squish. I cast on 20 stitches using a size 2mm needle, as it was handy. And that's actually what I would knit socks with anyway. The information says 2.5mm for the tension square, but this yarn's quite round and defined. I would maybe even go down a size. <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> You will have to stitch a lot because it does seem thinner in comparison to the Ryland and the Jacob that I've currently got on the needles in 4 Pie. But I think it's just because it's highly spun and does look round, as opposed to not round. <laughs> it sits lovely. It's got great definition in garter and stocking stitch. I used a 2x2 two two rib and there's a fair amount of stretch I turned a heel and it liked it, thankfully. I think having the nylon in this will assist with hard-wearing heels. It sits really nicely in lacework too. Uh, my, uh, cables, my cables are not good just now. But the bobble stitch for texture stitch is really just the ticket. For a four-ply sock weight yarn, this will be a good all-rounder. You'll get good, hard-wearing, comfortable socks in it, and it could also be used for colourwork hats, mitts or garments. You would need a lot of it to make a full garment, but what beautiful colours. The superwash part is, well, a thing, and you will have to decide on yourself for the process that's used to superwash it. I was a little disappointed that they've done that because none of the other yarns have, and I know that they're really conscious of what they do. However, they clearly mark it, which is actually why I noticed it in the first place. So that's what you've got to decide on yourself. It blocks out really nicely, there's no dye loss at all, it blooms out nicely and it keeps its definition after blocking. Then I threw it in the washing machine to see, well, it says it's machine washable, so bo-doof and it went. It didn't shrink anywhere than possibly, well, the lace section was a wee bit together, but I think that's maybe because I didn't pin it after when I was drying it out. And it did get much fuzzier after washing in the machine. Not so much hand washing. If you're next shopping for some sock yarn, and I saw that Sonia has a new fancy design on the go for them, then do go and have a look for the John Arbon Exmoor sock yarn. I saw on the Edinburgh Yarnfest recent email that they have a discount code at the bottom. Mm-hmm, nice. Plus, you could then maybe join in the Brit- knit British fieldwork cal, where you knit something with from the vendors. Oh, for oh, no! Wait, wait, wait! It has to be a hundred percent wool. So darn it! You can't use this, but there's plenty of other John Arborne that you could do. So this is John Arborne's Exmoor sock four ply. Oh, the colours, oh the colours! Coming up, coming up, coming up! It's near. Coming up, Edinburgh Yarn Fest is Thursday 21st to Saturday 23rd of March 2019, and guess what? Yeah, no, get that it. No, it's not that I'm going. Although, I was actually coming. We were a little bit sure, unsure if I was going to get because Richard comes back on Thursday. So, I'll be there, but from the Friday, lunchtime. But guess what? Guess what? Lessers, lessers, come closer, come closer. Scotch tweet is part of the Sunday Make Will Day. Yay! Everybody, wave their hands in the air. Especially you and the bus, because they are cold. Saved you in the Southern Hemisphere, believe that you're absolutely roasted. So maybe you could just wave your hands and fan yourself. And you in the cold hemisphere, just move about because it's cold. Right, guess what, guess what even more? Oh, did you guess? No, I don't think you did. Guess, guess, guess what? i make it lots of bags. Zip notion pouches and needle cases for it. Yay. And even better, I'm going to be Angela's helper and seller of goods that day. So if you have a ticket for the Sunday, I expect to see you then. Keep some money back for the Sunday, you're gonna need it because Angela and I will have the range of tartan and tweed and the Highland Wear apparel for you to buy. She will have some of it she can post out to you if you want, which is, I think, awesome. Not my bags so though, because they're gonna be lighting off your luggage. Honestly, she sent me up the tartans and tweeds and I love them. I've been a very, very busy Louise, matching them and dyeing fabric, ordering zips, ribbons and poppers and I'm going to be very, very, very busy making them for you. There's going to be two tweeds. One is the absolutely stupendous Angela's tweed, which is the one that I've had in my shop, which is a cross tweed and there's also a houndstooth tweed, which is a heather purple colour and it's just divine. Oh, more to look at it. Oh, that's lovely. And then she has her dad's own Tartan, Guardian of Scotland. Right, so we've got Guardians of Scotland hunting, Guardians of Scotland weathered. Now, I have a wee story about this, you know, sitting comfortably last listeners. The Guardian of Scotland Tartan story. A Tartan that spans the centuries. Without doubt, two of the most important men in Scottish history of the past thousand years were William Wallace and Romart the Bruce. It is also unique that they lived at the same time and actually knew each other. After the Battle of Stirling and Breck in 1297, Wallace led his armory back to the Edric Forest and its capital, Selkirk. The royal and ancient borough of Selkirk was described as a very old town by King David I in 1133. It was here near the ancient kirk of the forest that Bruce and the nobles conferred the title Guardian of Scotland on the young man who led the Scots into the rout of the English. All of Scotland's ruling classes were there, and it is fitting that a new memorial tartan has been designed and produced in Selkirk. The designer of the new tartan, Gerald Riley, a suitor of Selkirk, which is a native of Selkirk, designed the Guardian of Scotland tartan to encompass the rich colours of Bruce and Wallace tartans. The true blue and scarlet of Selkirk and saltire of St Andrew. Gerald says, What better reason could there be to commemorate the meeting in Selkirk of two of the greatest men in Scotch history when conferred this great honour on the other? The cart of the Forest is a hugely significant historical site in Scotland's story. Not only did Wallace and Bruce worship there, the maternal ancestors of US President Franklin D. Roosevelt are buried there. Whatever you like. Once again, the Bruce and the Wallace meet in a weave of tartan with set complete. And I've been working with them. Um, and I just adore it. The Guardian Weathered is a sort of it's got like a raspberry kind of colour and a teal and it's modern. It just looks modernly cool. And then the the Guardian Hunting, I thought oh, it's a bit more of a traditional one and it's like blues and greens and reds and blacks and stuff. But there's a purple in there and I, a white and a yell like a mustardy yellow and it wasn't as Old as looking, and just the stuff that I've managed to match it with, you know, that I iron. Just really, really enjoyed matching the fabrics. So we'll go on to talk about the other ones later. But the Outlander fans, come closer, come closer. Here we are. There's two of your turns too. We're getting to the Fraser Hunting and the Mackenzie Hunting, which are as close as we can get to the ones on the program without. I'm <coughs> saying they're copyright. Obviously they're Outlander inspired, but they are genuine Fraser and Mackenzie Tartan, which were about before the Outlander program. (laughs) So there's going to be a range of project bags in my usual style, a zip notion pouch, and also needle case for your double pin needles, or you could use them for your circulars, which will then go into your project bag. You, listener, will be the most coordinated knitter on that plane or that train or that automobile. Or that walk home. I'm going to be a very, very busy Louise. The Sunday event actually has some wonderful vendors as well, and it's like a mini Edinburgh Yarnfest, and I'd be happy if I just got tickets to that. However, I do have a ticket for the whole weekend because I heart Joe and Mika, and I am extremely grateful for this opportunity to spend a fantastic weekend with woolly friends where I can be myself about wool and not get weird looks. If you don't have advanced tickets, honestly, listeners, don't worry. For the Friday and the Saturday, you can still get in. I mean, there may be a queue because there has been in the past years and they can't obviously let everybody in at the same time due to the space and health and safety. But they do try really hard to get everyone in as soon as possible. And also, if you have a disability or problem standing for lengths of time, then please let the volunteers who come out along the queue know and you get priority but for others don't despair strike up conversations with everyone around you i did this in perth and it is so much fun you'll see these new friends for the rest of the day and it's great so as i said i'll be down from the friday and particularly vivian and Alison. please hang around a bit so i get a hug because i don't want to miss you and if there's anybody else that's just there for the friday then come find me then right me, me, me section because now it is all about me. (laughs) The beaker section. Me, 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 me! Oh, it must be biscuit time. Somebody has woken up. My Breathing Space by Vera Vallamaghi in mode knit is still in the bag of sloth from Pearl and Plum by Vivian. But I am thinking about the sleeves to sleeve. Or not to see? That is still the question. And I'm using charcoal colour grey and also a townhouse yarns Tits Collective colourway. I'm really looking forward to seeing Countess of Blaze at Edinburgh. I think I might fall over in that stand. Mm. However, today, I decided it's the 1st of February today. I don't know what day this will come out because it's going to be quite long and it'll take quite a long time to edit out all my ums and ahs and... Oh dear! I hope it don't sound too bad because I still got quite a bad cold. <sighs> you never know; you may not actually hear any of this. Today it will be taken out because Hay Brownberry Mars has a fixed February knit along going on, but actually it's going on to July. And it is if you've got something that you've had that needs a little work. What is that? Captain Rogers is stuck down the well with. A black Widow and she needs your help or is it just because you want your biscuit? Okay hold on listeners I'm just gonna give him his biscuit. <sighs> Danger stick. He loves her. Right. Uh, where were I? Uh, hey Brimberry Marsh. Oh she's lovely. I sat with her at Edinburgh Yarnfest last year and I didn't realise but she listens. <laughs> I thought she just was nice. <laughs> She is nice, but I think she was just being nice. No, she listens, so. Hi, Mars. I hope it's nice and warm and not too warm in Florida. But obviously, I hate you because it's warm and I'm cold. <sighs> anyway, coming back. She has a fix it February where, say, you've got something like a breathing space or something that will come on to, and it's just been sitting there going in a bag, because I don't know what it's saying to you. Maybe might be saying, I hate you, or you hate me, or we're not really working out here, are we? It's, it's not me, it's you. Or there's just, you just need to do something. Well, she's got this knit along, and I said to Knit British Louise, because we're doing breathing space together, do you think we should just do that? And she went, oh, good idea. So, today, 1st February, get to pull it out and make the sleeve decision. To sleeve or not to sleeve? That is the question. Either way, I'm going to start working on this tonight or this afternoon or some point. And I would quite like to actually be wearing it soon. I actually did finish stuff. <laughs> this one's been such a while. But it'll be good because I'll have new stuff to talk about. We have... I? Who's we? I have finished the Juris Mittens, which is the fold-over flappy ones by Alexis Winslow. And I made these for my husband, Richard. And I used weight yarn, and it was cashmere and cotton blend, which was bought at Perth Yarn Fest. Woo, Perth! And I'm using Knitpick Zings in a 3.25, which I had forgotten you are supposed to when you do the cuff, then you go up to the needle size, and I kind of forgot in the first one. But I was on the second one, and I had to make sure I forgot again. So I didn't. But when I got to the fingers, I did go up, And I slightly altered the second one on the finger somehow because I couldn't get the pinky to go in with the amount of stitches. So I added quite a few more. Nothing exciting. So I tried to get them exactly the same as each other. So whilst they're not the same as the pattern because the fingers are a lot longer, it's what you wanted. They are as close to each other as I could get. But one's a left hand, one's a right hand. And yes, it does make a difference, because otherwise the flappy bit is on the wrong side of your hand. I didn't just make two left ones. Two, two wrongs don't make a right. Oh. Now, he did get them after Christmas, but not too long, actually. And then I made him a hat to match with the leftover yarn. Oh, now we're going to have some water. we we'll make more noise. Are you going pod dogs, where were we? I really enjoyed his joy in getting given mittens that he wanted and I thought, well he's going off south to do training because he had to go to Liverpool to do some training and then he was in Aberdeen and it's January and I was like, oh I'll maybe make him a hat so I made him a hat to match with the leftover yarn because I had only used one of the two cakes that I had bought and oh, <laughs> yeah, I cast on way too many stitches because I didn't have a pattern for iron weight yarn using that size needle because, you generally don't, but because it was such a lovely fabric density and it was given a nice warmth, I wanted that for his head. So I cast on too many and then, and I was trying to match against the gloves. I got up to the stocking stitch part of the rib Tried it on his head and went, oh, way too big. It was honestly, it was like five, six inches, far too big. So, what do you do? You do an orange juice, you wrap it out and start again. And kept trying it on his head. So, he's worn it and got it stinky a few times. First time, put in the washing machine. And I was like, it'll be alright, it's cotton. Forgot about the cashmere, thinking, cotton will coat with 30. Nah, didn't. So it's slightly snugger, shrunk a wee bit on the length, not so much the width, but he says because the rib is now kind of above his ears, it just sits in the tip of his ears. He says he looks like Benny from Crossroads. Older listeners in the UK will understand that reference. <laughs> I might make him another one, but maybe not yet. I liked working with this yarn working on smaller needles was a bit onerous becoming the fiddly parts of the fingers especially on the cast off because i did a russian bind off and there was quite a lot of knit two togethers which was quite hard but worth it for the stretch i still need to sew on the snaps for the mitten over paws part i know where the snaps are and i'm going up at the end of my sentence but when he's there with the mittens because they're away just now i forget (laughs) To me, they're done, and they're his now, and he's using them. So they've been to the Strathpuffer, he had good fun doing that. They've been to Liverpool, I've been to Aberdeen, now they're down in Grimsby. So I think I've I think I've think done that quite well, listeners. Although I don't want to do too good a job because, you know, he's going to constantly ask for stuff and then I won't get anything else made. I read in the project notes that some people can knit these in a day. What? Now it took me a while off and on. The second one be much faster than the first, but no way could I do them in a day. The uh, this yarn is good for it, warm, hardy, and I know we we're not supposed we wear cotton out in the cold, but I think that the cashmere overrides it. Cotton for the hardy, cashmere for the warm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'd recommend you the pattern. they have been paid. There was bits that I just didn't understand. I thought it could have been a bit better written, but. I don't know, now I don't know if this is my pattern reading skill or the pattern itself. Other people never mentioned it, but I'll maybe put it in my notes for it, so it would help others. And it does turn out a lovely glove. He's dead chuffed with his matching gloves and hat set, and I would probably actually do it again. Maybe it make me some and Daisy some, and Sanic, because they've been having some great fun in the snow. We currently have a snow penguin. It's not a snowman, it's not a snowwoman, it's a snow penguin. And the rest of the snow pretty much is gone. There's the odd pocket of ice, which poor Sandy fell in yesterday. And we've just now got a snow penguin in the middle of the garden and he looks really sad. And I mean, it's not the saddest thing I've ever seen because that is actually a starving polar bear. <sighs> so remember what would Sir David Attenborough do? Right, Um, I finished, ooh, I finished them, I made the hat, and then I finished the socks yesterday for my lovely friend, Dorothy, who is very knit-worthy. She's my textile artist friend. I used Rose Dean Ryland's 100% Pure Wool in 4-ply, and I bought this at the Sunday part of Edinburgh Yarn Face last year. So, oh, this is the meet the shepherd part. and didn't I tell you to go to the Sunday event? That's where I was alluding at. Because I'm going to be there. And I used a vanilla sock by the Anne Bod Sock Book. I was kind of hoping that I'd get the other Anne Bod book for Christmas. But it obviously wasn't high enough on my Amazon wish list. I can't remember where I got. Oh, pyjamas. <laughs> we had quite a, a low-key Christmas kind of thing. Just with Richard changing jobs. We're not getting any income for quite a while. So... Um, just tax and working it all out and stuff. Everything breaks when you're trying not to spend any money, so yeah. So, using stash is great. I'm really, really enjoying using stash, and thankfully, Edinburgh Yarnfest is going to kind of be at the end of that period, and I have money set aside for it, so hi. Anyway, but I was using a stash, and I was really grateful that I did. Thank you again to Sticks and Spokes Alison, Jordy Nets and Erica Eccles for measurements for starting the toe decrease for a size sock. I mention you again because you're nice people and you need mentioned. I have to say, now I was using my Addy Crazy Trio. I don't know if it's crazy but it's spelled C-R-A-S-Y. Crazy. I found casting on the rib much easier with them. Um, sometimes Casting on can be quite annoying. I'm trying to keep it so that you've got no twist in it and make sure the they don't fall off. I don't like magic loop for it and I I actually don't like doing DPNs casting on anymore if I find it kinda of easier. So these Addy Crazy Trio needles were really really good for the casting on. Something on my shopping list is going to be one of them short sock needles and see how I get on with that. So it doesn't stick on the join part until I got to the stocking stitch or the, just knit on account of it being knit in the round. So I'm assuming it is the tightness of the knit stitch because the rib part just flew round and was lovely. Lovely. Gary Tankmander, lovely. No, it's not Gary Tankmander, he's a maza. A miser. So I used the heel and the toes for with the blacker Jacob because there's not enough in 150 gram Ryland for two pairs of socks for a size foot. And that's not I don't really have very much in the cuff. I don't really make quite long socks. I don't like them so much myself. Hopefully Dorothy doesn't mind. I know it's my mum does. Mum's got quite long top bits of socks so we'll remember that thought. So I had done the heels in the Jacob and then I started in the gossip and it was three lines where I should have changed back to the Ryland. I, I don't know why. I don't know what I was to tell you. I was just, just like, just doing it I thought, wait a minute, you've not changed back. <laughs> so I ripped back one stitch at a time. But then when I was going down stitches and dropping two rows and picking up on the bottom stitch and then I realised I had another line to go. Slightly onerous. The colours are very similar, and unless I work in them or look at them in midday with sunshine, I struggle to tell the difference colour-wise. There There is a feeling that you get one is thicker than the other. The Ryland is thicker, plumper than the Jacob. But I didn't have a muckle lot of the Ryland lay for the second sock, so it's not exact. I got most of the way down the foot before I started with the Jacob. You will, yeah, you will be able to see the difference, but not enough to upset anyone. Or I sincerely hope you don't go up to Dorothy and demand to see her socks and then berate her for the toes not matching exactly. Because if you do, listener, I will hunt you down. And not only will you have no stash life, you'll have no me either. I have skills, you know. Liam Neeson's got nothing on me. Yeah, no, what nonsense she's still talking. Yeah, I'm still going on. I got some lovely yarn from Mel's Bag of Advent in January, and it is from Gail's Art from Etsy, and it's eighty ten ten Merino Nylon Cashmere Sock Fingering Weight, and it's Sinful, and it's the colour we just called it SSK, which is blues, purples and browns. Now, listeners, here's the thing. Unicorn. Don't Well, you could, but I will never wind a skein of yarn in a car in the dark and the cold again because it only ended in a mess. I was going to say tears, but I wasn't that upset. I was thinking, I'll wind this and then I'll start cast it on. but And I think I might try some toe-up socks because I've not tried them before. So I'm going to have to look at a pattern for that and help because I haven't magically, magically. I haven't actually managed to do the magic cast on toe proper before. I've seen it, but just couldn't get it to do it. I was also going to knit summons for someone you may call Zelia, but I don't call Zelia. I'm hoping that she's not hearing this before I get them made. Daisy is primed with asking her what her favourite colour is this weekend and how big her feet actually are. So if she likes blue, then she can have this yarn, and if not, I'm going <laughs> to... That'll be my new socks. Well, the socks I'll be now. Listeners, I have good news on campaign Galcafc. Angela's Lush is out the corner. So campaign Galf is now our campaign of choice. Oh no, it's not. Um, she'd done one sleeve and is now on second sleeve. She has second sleeveitis. And I'm sure it'll be finished soon. Sure, Angela. Now, I'd written this, whoops, last week now. And then last week, Angela put it back into the corner. So, sorry, listeners, this is worse than our own political landscape. Gal, Colt, Kafk c- continues. In my own lost news, I, may I stalled a bit. I had gone down a size from the last time I made this because I felt that mine was a little on the loose side. But it means that I'm now not doing all the chart. I was supposed to start on light eight, and i hadn't started line zero (laughs) Mm. i got my full amount of rows for the first half of the lace panel as you provisionally cast on then you knit up the lace panel until so many lines and then you put on waste yarn and then you pick out your provisional stitches and work the other side so i think (laughs) i'll get mine to the eight rows where i'm supposed to be although uh, i don't think it will make an awful lot of difference to the pattern there's flecks of red in this yarn. It's got really lovely dry handle, but it can be a little bit splitty, so I have to keep an eye on it. And I'm using yarn that I bought from Angela at Scotch Tweed when she was at my retreat. And <laughs> I'm now wondering if I'm going to get this done for Edinburgh Yarn Fest. I'd love for it to be done because it's Scotch Tweed yarn and it's good to wear what you're promoting. There will be some shameless Scotch Tweed in Edinburgh Yarn Fest promotion, so uh, you can buy, buy, buy at because I don't want him to do all this work and then nobody buy it. Hmm. In the meantime, I got a book out the library and it's called Big Needles Chunky Knits by Hilgrid Van Impellin. And it had a few shrugs in it. Now, I recall a Big Girls Don't Wear Chunky Knits mantra from lovely friend Nick of Yarns from the Plane, who's doing awesome, or well, dead awesome, in Red January, I didn't do red january, I aspire to something so dedicated. Nick, I love you! Red january is this madness where you do some fitness. A lot. I wasn't sure if it was every day or every other day or what, but I bow to your dedication. And <laughs> back to this shrug. I have Sardar Buffal that will make a lovely cosy shrug for Daisy. And I have made a, crochet, a little tension square using 5mm needles. Um, the shrug pattern in this book is for using th- three, well, I've actually, I don't know. It's for a specific yarn, and I haven't actually looked up on Ravelry what weight it is, but you hold three strands together, and I don't think I've got enough of that for a shrug. Well, I haven't got enough of that to do, and I don't really want to work in huge, big needles, so i was just going to see what the sort of, Schematic was of it, and it's just can't be that hard, can it? It'll take that long, will it? Probably. Anyway, I have done the tension square for it, and with it being fluffy, well, I can't read it. <laughs> yeah, listeners. Right, in sewing news, are you still awake? Because this is kind of going on. Wow, we're over an hour. Mmm. Right, I was really kindly gifted a bag of fabric from Lisa of Eric Eccles fame. Very, very, very kind. Lisa, thank you once again. It's in all sorts of colors and sizes for quilting. There was a good few four inch squares, perfectly cut. And I'm gonna rewind a wee bit. In Tesla artists, we are making a panel of nine by 12 using two inch squares sewn together, going from dark at the bottom to light at the top. And it's, the idea is to use up scrap bits because most quilters after a while have small scraps that are too small to know what to do with but are too big to throw away. Sew them all together, listeners! i oh dear, i Hmm Hmm. Okay, well, I don't know where this weird Louise is. She's obviously smacked out her head on LameSet. I've got quite a few Christmas scraps because my lovely friend Celia had been given a bag herself years ago to use up, which she did and then handed to me what was left, and there's still a fair bit left, but she'd got fed up by then. It reminded me of a book that Daisy had, where the king starts with a big length of red cloth he gets, and he gets made a cloak for his daughter's Christmas present, and then the scraps get put out, then a coat gets made, then a hat, then finally a tiny scarf for a mouse, and then it's all used up. Anyway, I thought, I'll use the Christmas fabrics, and then it could be a new wall hanging for next Christmas. We are then going to stencil or paint over it. <laughs> I know, listeners. <laughs> Our much as little as we want because you might use minging fabric. But I've not really, so I'm just going to tone it together. And then we applique it on a flower. I've cut out my bits already, but I've not done the painting yet. Uh, we didn't have textiles this Tuesday because there was snow. And, well, that was really cold. Um, Ella certainly suggested that I appliqued a Poncedia, and she would be right, but I've already caught it out. <laughs> However, I had taken the bag a couple of bony bits of fabric that I got from Lisa to make up the squares to match. And Ella had given us two squares and the Christmas fabric wasn't really tying in. So I thought, oh, I'll just really look in this bag. This just, I like this bag. And pulled out a couple of them and thought, oh, well, that'll tie that and that together. And Ella was so funny. She had completely forgotten that she had given us all uh, little squares. And then I thought, ooh, from Lisa, these squares are all pre-cut. Ooh, there's a quilt's worth in there. And then my best pal told me that her mum's cancer had come back. And I thought, right, I'm going to make a quilt for her. So I pulled the squares out, put them in just a bigger version of what I'd done, gradient dark to light, and I, I had immense fun. Lisa has at some point cut up some pheasant patterned fabric. I'm not a pheasant plucker, I'm a pheasant plucker's son. Oh, I wonder if Alexa can do that. Because she can do the Peter Piper one, but she can't do sea sea shells. But neither can I. So, there you go, you can ask your Alexa. And there's chickens, cats, fabrics. So, I had to keep me (laughs) sure They were the right way up because whilst this was slightly random, it wasn't to be that random because then the chickens were upside down forever. And I'd feel sorry for chickens being upside down forever. When I was laying out the squares, I always take photos as I'd go. Firstly, it says to remember what order the squares are in, but no, no, it's, it's honestly, it's to grab it and show off. But remember what order the squares go in and when I'm sewing them, because it's so easy, start sewing and pick up the next square and. I forget which side it goes on or which way up it is, and then you've got chickens upside down. Plus, when I laid them out in rows, I safety pinned little bits of number paper to the corners. Some quilters use lettered or number beads. Not me. I tend to use what's hand, because I know, I know, I know where my beads are, but not how to get to them. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not back into my craft room because it's not quite finished yet. Production has ceased until the money comes back in as well, if you understand what I mean. The kitchen table has never been so clean. Also, I photograph, I change it to, this is my point, I change it from colour to black and white. This shows me where the dark and light areas are of the quilt and if the quilt is balanced in tones and patterns. We also do this for colour work and knitting to see if there's enough contrast and it's very handy to do in quilts. I laid my own lap quilt on the floor after and first, and laid out the squares to see if it would be enough as I wasn't really going by a pattern per se, it's just these squares were all cut in four inches and this new quilt came out slightly bigger than my own quilt, but there's still enough squares left to make at least two more quilts. She was that generous, I'm not kidding, can't get over how generous this lady is. All I need to add is the inside wadding, which I have enough and I really hope, well actually my pal's mum got it and she had it for her set of chemo on Tuesday and she has another one to go, so I suspect that there will be a lot of sitting involved and it's to keep her cosy while she does this. I did tell Lisa as I was going and there were some photographs on Instagram if you'd like to see the finished object, but I didn't actually tell exactly why or who it was going to. I didn't go to town when I was doing the quilting part. I just stuck to sewing a quarter inch to the right of the seam, and I used a variegated thread on top and cream underneath. Thank you, Mum, for borrowing me, you know, giving me some variegated thread that matched. I'm really pleased on how it came out. I realised no, <laughs> I don't like putting the three layers together, and I'm not so keen on the quilting part, but. I don't mind hand sewing the binding or the pinning and the sewing and the pressing of the seams, which all got pinned either side of the seam. So that went off to my friend and she's given it to her mum and hopefully I'll keep her cosy and it's like a big hug for me. And then, in the post, the tweed and the tartan came from Scotch tweed. That was a lovely couple of parcels to get. I've been cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and my suggestion is always have a sharp rotary blade and stuff to listen to. (laughs) I have washi tape on my cutting ruler for the bags marked width and length and also top of ruler because it's so easy to cut and look down and go, "Uh, that's not 15 inches, that's 12 because I've worked off the bottom of the ruler. I might actually put a bit of tape on saying bottom as well. And then I'll have no excuse. Uh, I have cut all the tartan tweed that I've got so far. Slightly panicking that I'll get it wrong, but... Well, this year, this week I haven't done anything because I haven't been feeling well. Next week, production starts. And it's been so much fun. Ah, speaking of fun and smiling... Tanya. <laughs> I'm smelling you. Smiling it, Tanya of TJ Frog's Action. Everyone smell at Tanya. Not... In a creepy way mind, she's just someone when you meet her, you smile. Like Catherine Lymer. If they come on the bus or the train, you'll be putting your hand up and going, Come sit with me, Catherine Lymer and Tanya. In the library corner, I know, I am going on a bit, but I'll just tell you this one. Well, I've not talked to you for a while, so this, this is going to be a longer episode. I got out a book I actually already sort of own. Sue Stratford, lovely Sue, has now got a book of her bird designs called Knitted Avery. I had the two booklets that she'd already produced, for, and I bought this at Edinburgh Yarn Fest. Lovely Sue, but she's now got this in a hardback book altogether, and I would utterly recommend it if you don't have these patterns already. The instructions are excellent, and the patterns are wonderful. And if you like birds in any shape or form, I really enjoy going through this all in one book. And I thought, oh. This is how instructions should be done. And if you did the RSPB bird watch like me last week, I hope you had more birds than me. But maybe I could have put some of these knitted blue tits out and uh, garden birds and... <laughs> I could have made more. As it was, I had four jackdaws. And normally I have at least 15 sitting at one point, having a poke around the compost heap. But the weather was so awful. They just there was very little there. I also read *Eastern Horizons* by Levison Wood, which was very interesting. I have got my friend borrowed me his Arabia one next, and from Thistle Library they were celebrating Muriel Spark's hundred years since she was born. So I've got three books out: *The Ballad of Peckham Rye*, *A Far Cry from Kensington*, and *Reality and Dreams*. <laughs> I'm not sure. If I can get on better by listening to her than reading her. She's Muriel Sparks and that's all I could say. But I will persevere and finish them. I also listened to Barack Obama's book Dreams for My Father and also extracts from Michelle Obama's Becoming Before Christmas. And I can't remember if I mentioned them. Both really interesting. Very hard to step out of. Although I do think that Barack sounds a bit like Richard when he <laughs> Nice kind of like usual lyrical self, but the contents were very good. And finally, the Ian Rankin book, Latest in a House of Lies, which I really enjoyed. Death, 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 death. But, rebus. I do have two drams recorded, but I think that we are way longer than normal.
1: Blah, blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. So, blah, blah, blah section. Thank you so much for listening. My throat is drying up now. I really appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to me splaff on for 200 episodes. I'd like to add that all opinions are mine. I do occasionally get facts wrong and I do try not to and I don't do it on purpose. And I do try and stand by what I've said and the principles of equality and love. I might put that back in. I quite like that. That's my new thing. Equality and love. 201. My email is caithnesscraftcollective at gmail.com I'm on Ravelry as Louise Hunt The group is Caithness Craft Collective on there Etsy, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram Facebook is caithnesscraft You can get the podcast from Podbean's site as www.caithnesscraftcollective.podbean.com Can't figure out how to put my legs because I read the instructions but yeah we will try to do that for next episode Thank you for listening and keep on crafting
1: Singing songs that make me think about me right Fire, the empty room and the forest choir, the flames that couldn't get any higher, they'd withered, now they're gone.